just think we were prepared. You know, one thing my uh, my trainer, he told me, he said, what did he say? He just told us to be prepared. It's always doubt with us every year. It's like, oh, well, the Saints can't do this because something or, you know, Drew's gone and it. I, I don't, I'm the wrong person to ask because I don't care. And I'm coming in every year to think that we're going to be the shit. What up? Welcome back to Black and Gold BS, the irreverent Saints podcast from Boot Crew Media, still sponsorless, I think. I'm Jacob Krasno, alongside my co-hosts, Sean Haspel and Allison Pratt, who are both currently being distracted by the Pelicans game that is on TV on this Tuesday night. It's over. Like, we've been asking ourselves every week, is Dennis Allen fired? And I feel like even though he has not literally been fired yet, now that we're three and seven, losers of two in a row, we didn't record last week because I was sick of the Saints shit, but also <laughs> like- say, You were physically <laughs> ill, we were just yeah. ill. <laughs> yeah, was also literally sick. Uh, losers to the Ravens on Monday night when they got bludgeoned and then losers in a much more pathetic fashion. The Ravens are actually like a good team, but the Steelers who we lost to on Sunday were two and seven and, or, or were they two and six? It doesn't matter. They were one of the worst teams in the league. Najee Harris is like completely ineffective and Kenny Pickett is like a bad rookie quarterback and we gave up like the four longest plays of the year that the Steelers had and just generally looked lifeless and ineffective. And it's been the same story every week. And like at this point, it's if you think it's going to get better, you're delusional because it's not like this is what the Dennis Allen Saints team is. And Sean, I know you've been like maybe a little frustrated with me all year because I've kind of been beating this drum since the Panthers game. But like that was kind of the moment that I disassociated from the team. Like I felt like in my heart of hearts that this is just a dud. Like this team just isn't going to go anywhere. I really want to give you some credit, Jacob, because you're right. I feel like me and Sean have both been calling you like super negative all year and trying to maintain some positivity. But even before the season, when we traded Chauncey Gardner Johnson, you immediately were like, this is a red flag. Like, this is roster management issues, like bullshit. Like, I don't like this. And we were trying to talk you off a ledge. And I think we did, but I think we were wrong because yeah. I texted you guys last night. Like, he has three times as many interceptions as the entire defense. Yeah. Chauncey Gardner Johnson leading the league in interceptions at the moment. And it's just like, you were correct. Like, that was the first sign that, like, he, was in over his head in terms of like what we should have been doing preseason. Um, and we wanted to be optimistic, but like there's literally nothing to be optimistic about. We're going to give the Eagles a top five pick. Yeah. Like <laughs> the, the CJ GJ trade like felt so wrong at the time. And we had to say like, you know what, we're going to trust Loomis until we can't trust him anymore. Um, and whether or not you still trust him, I guess that's up to you. But like, 
sometimes when something feels that bad, it's because it is bad. Like clearly it was a bad idea. And yeah, I don't know. Sean, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, like the assumption of the Saints' success this year was that by elevating Dennis Allen, the defense would remain strong and then that would give the Saints leeway to figure out the offense. Um, but that like didn't happen. We promoted our defensive coordinator to head coach and the defense got worse. Um, some combination of injuries, bad personnel evaluations, bad coaching, like leading to coverage busts and penalties and, and uh, some bad luck. And uh, yeah. And, and so here you, here you have it. Saints are like one of the worst teams in the league. And um, I mean, it's, it's really not like rocket science. Uh, the, we were wrong. The saints were wrong. Um, and the question now is like, when and how are they going to realize that and what are they going to do to fix it? So um, it's like kind of all I have to say, like Saints fucked up and uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, Michael, I mean, I've made a huge mistake. Yeah. Yeah. I mean like Dennis Allen, like isn't that guy. He's a bad head coach. Like he's uh, it's another like classic example of uh, coaches in i mean it's not just even a football thing but there's guys who are great assistants and really kind of elevate their uh position groups and their sides of the ball but when it's their chance to be in the big chair and uh take on the added um responsibilities both like in terms of like hard skills and soft skills that that uh entails they like don't have those facilities and uh i mean like Dennis Allen is that guy. Um, he doesn't have like the organizational. I'm like getting annoyed <laughs> thinking capacities. about He doesn't like, have like the inspirational capacities. Like he's not he's a leader. Just, he's not a leader of men. Did it not like, piss you guys off that fucking like Jeff Saturday can win a game? Yeah. And like yeah, show emotion on the sideline. Like, of right. course I'm not saying that like they're a good team. They're not, but like, yeah. He at least like understands how to like rally a team together in terms of right. like being a leader and like holding people accountable, like and making decisions like, hey, maybe Matt Ryan is better than Sam Allender. Like yeah. there are some things about it that I just feel like Dennis Allen's just not doing literally anything. Right. And when he speaks in a presser, he says nothing meaningful. He's a oh, limp wristed, no. wet blanket yokel of a fraudulent coach and <laughs> every second that he draws a paycheck from the saints they're getting worse so um yeah. but i still maintain that like they're not going to fire in mid-season um there's just like no historical precedent for that um the last time the saints as a whole uh made a coaching change mid-season was when jen mora resigned the day after the diddly poo um rant and i mean that was a, a resignation and not a uh not a termination so um the question is whether that a change will happen in the off season or not and uh but do you think like yeah because right like i feel like people are drawing the comparisons of lowness of this year to like 2005 but that yeah. was like 
such an anomaly because of Katrina, obviously. Right. But like, save for Katrina, like, let's say all of that nasty shit happened, not with Katrina. Like, do you think we would have fired Hazlitt midseason then, or we just did it because because of Katrina? I actually think that team was those the problems the 2005 team had were basically all because of the logistical problems and the yeah there, it's not that comparable outside of the despair yeah like and the like, team and like talent. us sucking well we have and talent also, now uh, we just aren't using it either yeah you know, we also it it is forgotten often that deuce mccallister tore his acl in like one of the first games of the 2005 season so like we were immediately down our best player um, you could argue right? he tore his ACL against, the, against the Packers. Um, like so, Michael Thomas. I mean, yeah, yeah but, the Saints have teams, had bad luck this year. Like, I mean, we, we can talk about this, but go ahead, Jacob. Yeah, I was just gonna say, like, the Hazlitt teams like ran through McAllister. Like, there was right. there was no running back by committee. It was Deuce and like Fred McAfee and Aaron Stecker. And like Stecker and McAfee the, had like four carries a year. It was all deuce. And as soon as he went down, it was like game over. Everything snowballed from there. But yeah, um, we've had bad injury luck this year, obviously. But I don't want to use that as an excuse. It certainly is a factor, but it is something that can be overcome. And they almost overcame it last season when they did have a good coach. And then you look at teams like the Giants, right. who we bring up every week, that have a fucking hay boy playing wide receiver. And, like, they have, what, two losses? Like, Danny Dimes isn't that special. Saquon Barkley, I think, is comparable to a player like Kamara. They kind of have the same blueprint, except their head coach knows what he's doing. Well, um, and so, um, Daniel Dimes has stopped turning the ball over. Yeah, He's only turned yeah. it over four times this year. Yeah, we cannot say the same about our team. Yeah, I think I think you, it's it's a fine line, but I think you can like separate the bad luck injury issues that have plagued the Saints this year, and just kind of like shrug and say it is what it is. I mean, obviously, the debate that we've touched on and previous episodes about like our medical staff or whatever, like that is what it is. But like, I still maintain that like very few people can actually comment on that. It's just like conjecture and like gossip and bullshit. So I don't think there's any value in debating like our medical staff, but um, so like what I'm saying is like we had three, we were down three starting O linemen and uh, our like wide receiver one against the Steelers. And I would bet that like no offense in the NFL could function with like those constraints put on them. But, and we did, while we did have some like significant injuries on defense, I mean, missing our best linebacker, arguably missing our best DB Marshawn Lattimore, that doesn't stop. Like, like that's not an excuse for the missed tackles, the bad penalties, just like getting out schemed by Matt fucking Canada an offensive coordinator who was like too bad for Ed Orgeron. Like there's, there's no excuse for that for a team led by like a fucking boy wonder genius 
Dennis Allen on the defensive side of the ball, allegedly, to get their ass handed to them by an objectively bad offense. Like even even when you're missing a couple uh, key starters, like they were out schemed, out coached by just like a bad team. And um, a week after getting out schemed by coach by, by excuse me, getting out schemed and out coached by a good team in the Ravens, like. The Steelers are really, really bad. And like, this was like the last stand and uh, Saints didn't meet the moment. Like it was 10, 10 going in a halftime and there's a little bit of juice, like great drive to, to tie the game up. And then like during the time when a good coach would make the mythical, like halftime adjustments, the Saints got outscored 10, nothing. And like, it would have been worse if the Steelers kicker wasn't like dog shit. So um yeah. Also, just like some really stupid decision making, which I yeah. feel like we also talked about last week. Whether it's Pete Carmichael's fault or not, like why, why, yeah. why are we not able to get a yard? Right. Like, why is Taysom Hill not in the play? Yeah. Why are we targeting Kevin fucking White? Yeah. When you have Jarvis healthy and you have the best rookie in the NFL, like. It's just like baffling. Like that's the point I got to when I think we were texting in the game where I was like, this is hard to watch because it's idiotic. Like it's one thing if it's just like we were getting like Dalton was getting sacked all game. I think he only was pressured actually nine times. Like we just played like shit. It wasn't even the offensive line's fault. Anyway. Yeah. I, yeah Sean, during the game you, you brought up that like, in certain situations, your play calling is like handcuffed because of the injuries, and you're basically playing with like a preseason quality offensive line. While, well, I think that is like literally true. Um, I also think that for an NFL coach to think like that is like it's such like oh, it just like grosses me out. Like, why not? give your players like an opportunity to go out there and like prove themselves. Like if you're afraid that your quarterback is going to get murdered on third and 18, because there's three backup offensive linemen. in, so you call a draw play. Like to me, that's total bullshit. Like call the fucking deep drop and like, just try to get the ball out early. Like don't give up to me. That's giving up when, when you let your, your injuries dictate play calling like that. I don't know. That's a huge pet peeve of mine. Like, don't just assume that your players are going to get beat. Go down swinging. Earlier, you know, you brought up that, like, and I, I, you know, I think that, yes, it's, like, more likely than, well, far more likely than not that DA gets to play out the string and will coach for the rest of the season. Um, but, like, Saints Twitter and probably – a lot of Saints fans that are not on Twitter are like calling for his head right now. Um, and like, I just, I want to have a discussion about like, I, and I know there's no like precedence for this historically, but like, I want to know why firing him mid season would be bad. Oh, I don't think it would be bad. Um, I just don't think the Saints will do it. Like they like view themselves as like a, quote unquote classy organization and like DA is part of the family and like they don't I don't think they like the optics of how that would look. Um but 
see, I would argue that the optics are pretty bad right now. Like they've completely, oh, yeah. lo they've lost the fan base. They've turned, they've totally turned on Dennis Allen. And I think the longer you let him stand up there and twist in the wind, the worse it's going to get. And uh, you're going to end up with a Superdome full of Rams fans next week. I truly wonder how the players feel. You know well, what I mean? We'll probably like, never know. They, I mean, I know they we'll, live we'll behind the iron curtain. But I'd have to imagine that that's part of the factor that you consider. Like if they actually like and respect Dennis Allen, then is that more disruptive yeah. to fire him than let yeah. it ride out? Um, so, and then you figure out your roster stuff with the offseason. So it doesn't whatever. seem like he has lost the locker room. Um, like if you listen to Caden Ellis's press conference, he was like, banging on the table for like how much he loves DA and like that man's like saved my life and just like, I don't know, some like bullshit platitudes, but like, so, I mean, and, and I'm sure the locker room is not a monolith and that there's like a spectrum of opinions um, on DA and, and the rest of the coaching staff. But um, from what I've seen in the media, there doesn't seem to be, like widespread dissension. Um, certainly not like anything we, I mean, shit, if that was the case, like uh, Sean Payton should have been fired in 2014. So, um, cause that locker room was like literally fighting itself um, with, uh, I, I forgot the guy's names, but yeah, that, that was, that was a bad situation back then. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, there's definitely, like in-house candidates potentially. I mean, Doug Marone's been a is a two-time uh, head coach in the NFL. If he wanted to step up and be the interim, um, Nielsen or Richard could be a viable uh, interim head coach. But uh, I mean, it's it's all kind of like it doesn't really matter uh, to be honest. Like, I mean, I I'd like us to win as many games as possible the rest of the year just to not give the Eagles like a top five pick. Like, if if we could like push it to like 12, like pick 12 or something, that would be a little more palatable. Um, and I am excited to see uh, Trevor Penning come back in, in the next couple of weeks, hopefully, um, if, if he like is good. I, I still maintain that uh, if Alave is as good as he like apparently already is, I mean, he like is one of the top favorites for offensive rookie of the year, like we thought he would be going into the year. And if Trevor Penning is good, then – that that Eagles trade was wasn't bad. Um, we just made this year's draft pick a year early, and we didn't think it would be as high as it was because we thought we wouldn't be shitty like we were. But uh, I mean, obviously the Chauncey Gardner Johnson trade is a different story altogether. We've like litigated that ad nauseum uh, <laughs> on this pod, so we don't like need to rehash that anymore necessarily. But um, yeah. Dennis Allen, still the head coach for now. Yeah. We'll One thing that I saw on Twitter and then heard on the Saints Happy Hour podcast is, and, and we love them, you know, we love Andrew Juge of the Saints Happy Hour. If he, for some reason, happens to be listening, which he's certainly not. Um, he kind of went on this rant about how he thinks that Saints fans are spoiled and are being big doo-doo diaper babies for calling for Dennis Allen's head in the middle of the year. But I really disagree with that. 
I mean, I guess literally we're spoiled for 10 games into the season calling for a coach's head in year one, but I think we have every right to demand the team do everything it can to win. And especially Sean and well, like we all, we all have season tickets or we, you know, and if we don't, we, we give the team money to go watch the team play in the Superdome. Like we're investing time and money into the franchise. So like, I do think we have a say in what happens because ultimately like the saint or the fans foot the bill for a lot of things. Um, so I just think that there's a difference between a team that's bad because the players are continually fucking up. Like I'm going to do a quick comparison. I know they just won this weekend, but let's flash back to like the Packers losing to the lions last week. We didn't pod last week. Like Matt LaFleur is a good coach and they didn't lose that. He's a fine coach, whatever. It's not Matt LaFleur's fault that they suck this year. And that's obvious. And I think if that was what we were going through, no Saints fan would be calling for Dennis Allen's head. But yeah. the, the issues that are happening are directly related to shitty coaching and shitty leadership and whatever the fuck goes on with the medical staff and injuries. Like, of course, those are related, but like, I think it would just be di- like, that's why we never, like, seven and nine is different than three and seven, but like, no one would dare say, like, Sean, this is Sean Payton's fault that we're seven and nine. Like, we had a really bad defense. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think there's just like, we're smart enough fans to understand that this isn't just an anomaly. Yeah. Well, I, I think the, the front office and ownership owes it to the fans to make every effort possible to win. And when you keep doing the same thing over and over again, and it's not working, then that's like a, it's like a bad faith negotiation. It's a bad like, day at the office. It's been, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> many, many, bad many bad days. The it's a, it's a bad life at the office. Um, but like, if they're not going to make the effort to improve and there's no upward trajectory, then like, I do think we have a right to demand changes. So, um, I'll say this saints fans are spoiled. Um, like we had a run of, uh, stability and relative success on, on the field and off the field that was like literally unprecedented in franchise history and is pretty uncommon uh, throughout the NFL, like historically and, and in this modern day, like you don't see like 15 year runs of um, not losing fewer than seven games in a given season. Um, And like all the offensive success we had at a bare minimum throughout that time. But I'll say that saints fans frustrations and like the thirst for blood, for lack of a better term, <laughs> um, in regarding to DA and just kind of like how like the general just despair in the fan base this season, um, it's not unjustified if only for the fact that the reason we hired DA in the first place was that he was like the whole thesis and theory behind the DA hire 
was to maintain the culture of winning that had existed for the last 15 years and that he was the quote unquote safe choice to not rock the boat and continue on the trajectory of success. And I think I mentioned this um, at some point earlier in the season, like especially once it, things started to get a little rocky, but that DA is the first head coach in Saints history with actual expectations of immediate success. Like, like realistic expectations, like not like a Hank Stram, like flying in and just like <laughs> doing like a dog and pony show or like bum Phillips or like some like, or Mike Ditka, like a flashy named like head coach who was like, Oh, like he's going to turn it around here. Like he's the first head coach in saints history who actively inherited a good team, a good organization, a good program like Sean Payton used to say, and was expected both internally by his bosses and his players and by the fan base externally and by the media, like freaking Peter King had us making the NFC championship, I think. And like, um, like it was, it was a hot topic, whether we were going to be good this year. Like some people were like not believers. Some people were, but like that was the whole thesis behind bringing in Dennis Allen, that the good times would continue to roll. And, the just kind of floor falling out from the saints this season. It, it's like very upsetting and to, to the fan base and it's, it's shocking. And yes, we've been spoiled, but it's, it's like if you were like promised like a really good meal at a restaurant, like if you go to a five-star restaurant and you get a shitty meal, like you're going to be mad and you have like the right to be mad. And it's, it's different. And then if you go to McDonald's and get a bad meal, you know what I'm saying? It's like, Oh, like, like, okay. Like I probably knew what I was going to get, but like the Dennis Allen was supposed to be the, the next chapter of this story. And I guess like you could argue like, Oh, maybe he needs to turn it around. But like, most folks are coming to the conclusion that he just doesn't have those capabilities. Um, well, yeah, he couldn't like, do it from the start. Like, right. You know what I mean? Like, he's, right. I have no faith in him doing yeah. something difficult. Yeah. And yeah, and, like, yeah, we, we brought it up every week that, okay, like maybe it's a rough start. Maybe he can get it together, but it's been 10 weeks. Like we have a large enough sample size. Right. Yeah. Like it's I'm not going to say it's completely impossible that we don't turn it around because I can't see the future, but this is like in fantasy football when you're down by 60 points and you just have the Monday night game yeah. left and it's just a 2% chance that you win. Like it it's it's basically over. Yeah. So the other two selling points of like DA's candidacy were that well, maybe not a selling point but like a a factor to consider was that, yeah, he was bad in Oakland, but he was young. He was a victim of his circumstances, just being part of a shitty organization. And he's learned from that. And I'm not from, like super well-read into the ins and outs of what was going on in Oakland back then and like the specific criticisms of DA. But it like, I mean, his record is like, his record then is the same as now. Like, it sure doesn't seem like he's 
he's learned that much. Um, I mean, I, that's like oversimplifying things, but like that talking point hasn't been written off. Um, and then, like I mentioned earlier in the pod, like the assumption was that, okay, like this guy was the mastermind of the renaissance of the, the Saints defense, the second coming of the Dome Patrol. And with, with him in charge and he's got his two co-defensive coordinators, um, that, like the defense is going to be the, the foundation of the team and we'll, we'll figure it out on offense. Like it might, it might be rough, um, but like we'll, we'll figure it out. And the defense has regressed. And so if, if the defense has regressed and the culture of winning is no longer there, then what's DA here for? Like, what is it that you say you do here, bud? Um, I don't know. And <laughs> I, I like, I legitimately, I mean, I, I agree. Like, I don't know. Uh, so like, he's, he's not like a, like a, plus factor at, like at a value add to this organization in at this point he also just like won't hold anyone accountable right. like forget it if Jameis is too hurt to play which it sounds like they're completely waffling on what the truth is around his health as well because now he's saying he has to check with the staff if he can even be an option but he's at least saying we need to revisit quarterback play but not once has he been like that was a bad like that was a really bad performance by Andy. We need to be right. better. Like right. hold your people fucking accountable. I don't trust anything that the team says. Nothing. They are the Kremlin. They are run by the KGB. The things they say are meaningless propaganda. And uh, I would only trust something if it came from a beat reporter that knew somebody. Or from a player who went rogue and talked to Mike Triplett. <laughs> I'd be way more inclined to, but like yeah. the post game comp press conferences and the locker room interviews are, they don't mean anything. Like you're just getting like KGB propaganda. It's they're just going to like say like meaningless, positive things. Um, yeah, Sean, I think you're, I, I think you hit the nail on the head as to why everyone is so pissed about this. And it's because we were right to have the expectations of winning. and Because the Saints sold when, us those expectations. Yeah. And, w w you know, when you go to Commander's Palace and you pay $60 for the filet mignon, you're going to be mad when you get, like, a slab of doo-doo meat, you yeah. know? Like, we bought 2007 Transformers on Blu-ray, and you open the case, and it's a DVD for Transmorphers. Like, it's fucking fake. It's counterfeit. Uh, you bought an iPhone on Amazon and you open the box and it's just a brick of clay. Like that's what this team is. It's all hot air, empty calories. They're bad. Yeah. And the saints operated like in, in the draft and in free agency and trades, like we were supposed to be a good team this year. Um, like how aggressive we were. Yeah, I mean, you would not up. have done the move up if you thought right. there was a, fraction of a chance you're not making the playoffs exactly making the playoffs yes much less landing in the bottom of the fucking league yeah so like there's like almost like a cognitive dissonance if the organization is saying the fans shouldn't be or are being too impatient or too mad because like everything they told us was that we were they operated with the expectation internally that they were going to be good 
And so why shouldn't we have the same expectations when that's clearly not happening? So um, it's also like the, the rest of our division is a dumpster fire. Yes. So like all we had to do was be not a dumpster fire. Yes. <laughs> so it's like literally right. all you had to do was be medium. And right. instead you're a fucking dumpster fire and we're just right. like a worse dumpster fire than everyone else, right. which is everyone else had the right to be a dumpster fire. Like we did not no. to your exact point. Like, I think that just makes it worse, which somehow DA is like saying is like a positive, like, Oh, we're only two games out. It's like, no, that, that makes you look worse. We should be well in, in first. Yeah. Anyway. The uh, colossal nature of his failure is truly awesome in a bad way. Okay. If you're the Saints Brain Trust today, are you firing Dennis Allen in the middle of the season? Uh, I don't know. Probably not at this point yet. Um, until the locker room, like unless the locker room starts to start getting a little testy, because it also is a bad sign for like future coaching candidates. Like it doesn't really show much stability internally, like or on an organizational level. So I'd I'd still probably wait till the end of the season. Um, what's going to be really interesting, and like what we'll know will be the sign to like look for if there starts to be smoke. If you start seeing articles from like Jeff Duncan and Nick Underhill just being like, it's time, like opinion, like it's time for the Saints to make a change because they don't yeah. write articles like that unless they're like hearing from their sources on airline that that is being discussed. So sure. that's what we should be on the lookout for. Allison, are you firing Dennis Allen tonight? I mean, I agree with Sean that like it sends like a, a bad message the first year after you've had someone for 15 years to do it midseason when when you've had all this these injury problems. Um, but I wonder if there's some in-between measure of like you're on a short fucking leash that could be done that would at least like give fans some sort of like fans just want some some acknowledgement that like this is fucked up yeah and like unfortunately right. the only way to do that typically is a firing or some extreme action like that um i can't think of a precedent where like an owner or a gm got involved that was not that that was sort of a message that like this is unacceptable and i'm i'd love to do some sort of segment about what we could do to show <laughs> like what the fuck is happening here. But like, that's sort of what I would want to do. Um, so that you have like great candidates again at the end of this, because what I can't imagine at this point is that he makes it a second past black Monday. Like that would yeah. baffle me. And I just don't yeah. think it's an option. I think I would fire him. I think I would fire him with the caveat of, um, there needs to be more trans. Like I would, I would, if I'm Gale or Loomis, whatever move is made would have to be accompanied by like 
a transparent explanation of like why it's happening. Um, whether they stick with him or fire him. Like, I think you're right. Like, that's a good point. They need to explain their thinking. And like the longer they're silent, the louder Saints Twitter is going to get, especially if things get worse or don't get better. Um, but yeah, I think I would fire him. Fuck it. Let somebody else get a shot. Okay. Let's talk about something more fun, which is how you fix this disaster. Who do you all think the Saints will be looking at as potential head coaching candidates next season? And how do you fix the roster? And by the roster, I mean the only position that really matters, quarterback. I know we all have some thoughts. Well, the most depressing fact of all of this is that you could be drafting like Bryce Young. You know what? I don't care about Bryce Young. Like, I'm just saying that yeah. that is literally could have been in the realm of possibility. And instead, a very good team is going to get that chance. But um, yeah, that's obviously the biggest question. What I, what I hate about the quarterback question is like, I don't really think Jameis got his fair chance. But you can't give him another chance. So, like, you have to do something different. And the veteran market well, is not great. I think Jameis is going to get another shot this season. Um, well, maybe this season, maybe, but his health still sounds like it's murky. Yeah, if maybe Jameis, like, doesn't want to play now that the team is a disaster and he could potentially be injured worse behind a bad offensive line. But I do think they're going to give him another shot this season. So we'll see about that. But I, I hope they do. I can't watch Andy Dalton again. Yeah. I I think they I think Jameis plays this week, but or maybe he doesn't want to play, to be honest, by <laughs> a backup O line against Aaron Donald, but um, we'll see. Well, so what do we do? How do we fix the quarterback position? There's really only one veteran name that's been floating out there. Who is seems likely to at least be available after this season, and that is the Ravens' Lamar Jackson. Uh, he won't be. Um, they'll franchise tag him, so um, that won't happen unless he like demanded a trade or something. So um, that that dream is probably dead. I mean, Geno Smith is probably going to be the best free agent QB. Question is whether he wants to. Um, leave Seattle or not and whether they will let him leave. So, um, so we'll see, uh, in terms of like lagging a first round pick, hopefully we get one for Sean Payton, wherever he goes. And maybe that could be used on a first round. I mean, rookie. that is the one um, silver lining, right? Like his value's never been right. like higher. Right. Oh yeah. And, um, there certainly seem to be a lot of potential landing spots around the league. So, um, and obviously the more competition there is, the more we can hopefully ask for him. So create a little bit of a bidding war. But if we're picking like between like 35 and 40 in the, fir in the first, uh, in the second round, 
Um, I, uh, I don't know. Like second round quarterbacks don't normally have a good track record. I mean, obviously aside from Drew Brees, but, um, and a few others, but, uh, I could maybe be talked into like maybe trying to bring back Jameis um, on the second year of his deal and like drafting like a guy like Anthony Richardson or something, just some like raw prospect who can run around and do cool shit. But um, yeah, it's, it's going to be a long winter probably for uh saints quarterback search. So winter is coming. It's already here, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. I think our only hope of getting Lamar Jackson is if, for some reason, he decides he wants to be in New Orleans and he nukes the Ravens' leverage and just says, yeah. I want to be there, trade me there, right. or I'll never not suit give, up for you ever. Not giving him a reason. Um, what about head coaches? Like... I, I, I find it absurd to think that Dennis Allen would come back. The only thing that could possibly save Dennis Allen is, is like running the table and like somehow instantly transforming into a contender again. Otherwise he's a lame duck. So who out there would you all want to be, see be interviewed? So I think like history usually shows that when a, team moves on from a, a coach they go the opposite direction in terms of like their specialty so we uh shit the bed with a defensive coach so he can probably safely assume it's going to be an offensive guy especially like it's like oh sean payne was an offensive guy so um i know uh eric Bienemy was a uh close candidate i think last year he could be an option i, I still i don't know how i feel about him it's cool he's from new orleans but there's just like something about the fact that he hasn't gotten a job anywhere else. And uh, I don't know, something isn't, isn't right in that situation. Um, two other candidates I think we've, we've talked about are uh, Bill's um, OC, Ken Dorsey. Um, obviously we, we know him from being the starting quarterback of the 2001 Miami hurricane team. It's a, uh, famous throughout the ages for how dominant they were stacked with NFL players. So he definitely knows how to relate to guys help develop uh, Josh Allen into the uh, good, but like recently turnover prone QB that he is today. Um, and I think another name that's uh, drawn some good interest is uh, Frank Smith. He's offensive coordinator of the dynamic dolphins offense this year. Um, he was actually our assistant O-line coach from uh, 2010 to 2014. So he uh, definitely has a lot of connections with the organization that could help him there. I think actually um, he was one of the big reasons that Teron Armstead went over there this past off season. So, um, and he's obviously done really, really well with the, uh, with that dynamic Dolphins offense. So um, yeah, lots of, lots of good candidates potentially. And I'm sure there'll be, uh, there'd be a lot more that, we haven't even thought of yeah i really am intrigued by the idea of ken dorsey as a head coaching candidate his track yeah. record with qb development bodes pretty well um and then uh i just love that video 
of him. If you haven't seen it, Google it. After the Bills lost to the Dolphins early in the season. Oh, yeah. I love that There was video. a video of Ken Dorsey in the, the coach's box, um, like, throwing a tantrum and, like, destroying his notepad and basically, like, anything that was in his way. And uh, I thought that was cool. I like to see that that fire. More emotion in that 30-second clip than Dennis Allen has ever, uh, ever. displayed in yeah. a lifetime. Anyone, uh, anyone you've got on your mind, Allison? I feel like you guys mentioned the the big ones. Um, I just yeah. kind of want them to take their time this time. I feel like it was almost, at least to me, it felt a little rushed. And I, I get why. Like, they wanted that narrative around consistency that we already talked about. Um, but this almost feels like... I feel like it felt so important, whoever we play Sean Payton with. And this feels like more important after fucking it up <laughs> first time. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting because I guess something else to consider is who else will be looking for a head coach um, in the marketplace. Because um, we know Sean Payton will be the number one commodity, but he's not coming back to us. But um, you would imagine that we'd be a pretty good place to go for like a top candidate when you think yeah. about the rest of the people that have either fired already um, and what that roster has versus what, what we have. Um, the only thing that's like someone might find Carolina attractive because you kind of get to rebuild it on your own. Um, and there's a really like, rich owner there. Yeah. Um, but like, I don't think someone's going to Indy in Indianapolis, like work for that lunatic but you'd be in the top quartile of the upper quartile of wins. So maybe. The hiring process with DA was a little suspiciously uh, quick. And like all historic New Orleans uh, institutions, there's an air of cronyism um, lingering regarding the Dennis Allen hire. And I would hope that they've learned their lesson um, and you know what? We kind of like brought that up at the time that maybe they should be looking outside of the building at someone to come in and shake things up. Yeah. 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 Dennis Allen was just like a cheap cover band. Um, so we all kind of saw it coming. We hedged our bets early on. Well, we do have to play seven more games. Um, so <laughs> next week we get the Rams in the Superdome noon kickoff. I don't care what the line is or the over under. Here's my prediction. I mean, that team is trash as well. We're going to lose. We're going to lose to the heavily injured Rams. Um, I don't, I mean, I hope we don't, <laughs> obviously I hope we, that game, I hope we win because I just hate the Rams so much and I want to see them burn, but we're four point favorites, which is crazy. <laughs> yeah. If our offensive line doesn't get healthy, it's just going to be like, a. I don't want to say I a mean, pitcher's duel because that, they that also have defense is good. They also have like a JVO line 
And then I guess Stafford's still in concussion protocol. Is that why the line's like that? Did he play last week? Did he play? No. And Cooper Cup got hurt. Yeah. Yeah, I know Cooper Cup's ankle. We'll still lose, though. (laughs) So, not worried about that. (laughs) Yeah, Sean, what do you think is going to happen this week? I think we got a shot. I don't care, man. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, like, the Rams fucking suck. Um, Cooper Cup has got a high ankle sprain, so he's not going to play. And, like, he's, like, their entire offense. So, um, I don't know if they're going to score a ton of points on us. But, I mean, our defense sucks. So, like, like maybe they will. Who knows? But, um I mean, and Matthew Stafford, I think, is still in the concussion protocol, so I don't even know if he'll he'll be able to go. And if he will, like, I don't know, Rusty, he'll be. And but like without Cooper Cup, he's trash anyway. So, um, so I don't know. Their, their offense is not great, but uh, I mean, their defense still has Aaron Donald, and we're going to be missing probably two to three starting offensive linemen. So, um, I think we're going to tie. Yeah, I hope we do. That would be great. I kind of hope we tie. That'd but be fun. It would be pretty fun if we tied. Yeah, I'd appreciate that. I really, this is like, I've kind of been a little uh, aloof for these games the last few weeks, but this one in particular, I hope we just like skull fuck the Rams. I, I, I despise that team yeah. and that organization so much that. For this one week, I'll be rooting for Dennis Allen's uh, success, and I hope we win. But yeah, I don't know. I just yeah. keep thinking about what's what's keeping me going in this. Uh, well, obviously LSU is fucking awesome, um, but you know what puts a smile on my face every time uh, I see like negative tweets or whatever about the saints. It's the fact that the Pelicans have the Lakers pick this year. I, I said that exact sentence to Mike before, because uh, we've been having Nick, different Sundays where he gets to scroll Twitter and like glee and I'm like doom scrolling. But then sometimes then I remember that we could have pick from the Lakers. Yeah. More like Victor Wimben, not going to play for the Lakers. <laughs> That's fun. It's very fun. You know what? It helps. Everything. It helps. Everything is a gift. Everything is a gift, y'all. We are. Dennis Allen is the flu virus, and this season is just one long fever dream, and he will be expelled from the body of the Saints organization. And good things will happen after that. Good things are coming. It's darkest just before the dawn. Etc. Etc. In the words of, uh, did Jim Gordon say that, or was that Two Face? I think Lieutenant Gordon. Right. I think it was Gordon. It was a Batman character. Uh, yeah. R.I.P. Kevin Conroy. O.G. Animated Batman voice. Tough week. Just a tough week all around. It's Tuesday. i agree it's been a long week (laughs) 
here's my advice for how to get through the rest of the Saints season. Step one, buy a Nintendo Switch. Step two, buy Persona 5 Royal for your Switch. Step three, play the video game. Either instead of watching the Saints or while they're on in the background. I guarantee you it will make your life so much better. Um, no, man. I mean, this is a shitty time to be a Saints fan, but at least we're all Saints fans together. Um, you know, no matter how dark it gets, it's it's fun that we all just kind of get to share these experiences. So um, I was going to say, there is some fun in the doom scrolling of yeah. a bad loss, just like what the fuck as a, as a collective being. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was nice to have my suspicions of Dennis Allen validated on, by every single Saints fan on Twitter. And it, it, it is nice to see everybody come together, um, even though it's in hatred this time around rather than celebration. Yeah. The only note I had in my phone about this game that I haven't addressed yet is uh, just one word. Pigeonsburg. Yeah, that was weird. That was really weird. All right. Sean, what do you want to ad lib and ad read for this week? Um, whatever moving company is going to get DA the fuck out of New Orleans. That's who is our sponsor. So, Yep. You heard it here. Get out of here, Dennis Allen. Go back to College Station. And you're weird cultist Texas A&M related activities. <laughs> All right. For Sean Haspel and Allison Pratt, I'm Jacob Krasno. And this has been Black and Gold BS, the irreverent Saints podcast from Boot Crew Media. Until next week, who dat? Who dat? Who dat? Who dat?